road, we hit that spot. I said, this would have been it for us. We would have been stuck there. We would have blocked the road and any traffic or dare, dare take, daring people that would have tried to come down that road till we got pulled out. It was a mess. That is what the Lord showed me our minds get into, mindsets, things that we think about. We hit these ruts and we get stuck there. And God does not want you stuck there. He wants you thinking the way he thinks. He wants you loving like he loves. He wants you doing that song, where you go, I go. What you say, I say. What you do, I do. What you pray, I pray. Come on, Pastor. That's one of Lonnie's, Pastor Lonnie's favorite songs. That's where we are right now. That's where we are. Where you go, I go. What you say, I say. What you pray, I pray. What you do, I do. That's where we are right now. And anything that tries to surround us and say that's impossible is a lie. And we stand on the promises, and we move forward. Amen. So um, here's my green purse. Are you, are we recording yet? We are? Okay. Um, here, here, here's this green bag, tote bag, purse, green. Guess what today is? It's St. Patty's Day. And <clears throat> it's St. Patrick's Day. I don't remember when St. Patrick's Day landed on a Sunday morning. So it's really like the elephant in the room. Let's not kid ourselves. I've already heard people saying, are you wearing green? Well, I've got green on somewhere. When I was a kid, if you didn't wear green on St. Patrick's Day, you got pinched. And is that tradition still going on? Was that, is it still going on? Okay. Okay. I'm hearing an affirming word from a woman who has young children. So you don't even dare go out of your house. And, and there were many times over the years that I accidentally did it. You know, I didn't even know what day it was. And they're like, Meh. I got pinched. But God is pinching us in the spirit to wake us up right now. You know what I mean? He's giving you a little pinch, not a hurtful one, but one that will wake you up to where we are in this. It's not just what's going on in your life. It's in the scope of the greater things of God that he's involved in. I love that <clears throat> exhortation this morning on Purim. Purim. I love it. I love the story of Esther. I'm Esther. I'm Esther in the story because that's my mission. It's to keep the enemy from destroying the people of God that God wants to redeem and keep. I, I, I have a great commission. I have to go out and do this anyway, and I'm going to see that the enemy's defeated in the process. I love it because I'm, a, I'm the bride of Christ, and when I meet him in, in the realm of the actual manifestation of his return and the great wedding feast, he's going to extend the scepter to me, you see, and he's going to say, come on, Cap, come on, my bride, come on, all my bride people. We're getting married today. And everything I have is yours. Amen? Come on. I love that story. You've got to read the story. You've got to watch the movie. One Night with the King. Okay. Holy Spirit, what a day this has been. There's a song about that. So we, we, we talked about the elephant in the room. St. Patrick's Day. 
you guys even know who St. Patrick is? Do you even know what we're celebrating or the world is celebrating? I mean, you know, I don't go out and do the celebrations of the world. Yes. Well, I'm going to give you a little background about it. And I want you to think about, you know, why is he St. Patrick? Like, who gave him the big title of saint? We're going to find out about that. I want to break it down. I want you to understand what the world is celebrating today, or, or some of the men, especially Ireland. Um, St. Patrick was a young man. He was born. He was born in Britain under the time when it was under Roman rule in the 5th century. So his um, daddy was a Christian deacon in a church. His grandfather had been a priest, okay, in Britain. But Patrick really wasn't into that. Patrick was in a family whose parents and heritage was Christian, but he wasn't really a believer. I mean, you know, he was just there. Patrick wasn't going to follow his dad's steps and be a deacon or his grandfather's steps and be a holy person or a priest. So Patrick got himself in trouble. And when he was 16 years old, he was kidnapped. This is according to his confession that's been written. He was kidnapped by Irish pirates in Ireland. He was taken. He was kidnapped. He was taken as a slave. They sailed and they took him to Ireland. They forced him into servitude as a slave. For six years, he was serving as a shepherd over flocks. I'm sure it was sheep, being in Ireland. You know, they eat a lot of sheep, lamb. So he was there. His unbelief in following God had found, well, he wound up being kidnapped. On the shepherd's field, God, he, he know in his later life he did not despise being enslaved because God enslaved, allowed him to be enslaved so he'd be in the field and he could start thinking about his ways and his life and his sins and what he'd been up to and how he walked away from God, didn't want to pursue it, and God had his hand on him. And he, was, he had a heritage in his family that God wanted to use this man, okay? He wanted to use him for something. So for six years as a shepherd, watching over flocks, nobody around to talk to but the sheep, and God, he began to pray. And he began to repent for his ways. And God, and he gave his heart to God in that shepherd field. While he was there during that six years, towards the end of the six years, he had developed a relationship with God. And he heard a voice. He heard God speak to him. And God spoke to him and said, You are going home. Your ship has come. It gave Patrick, he's now in his early 20s, it gave him the courage to flee his slave master. And he took off. And he traveled for over 200 miles to get to the sea and get to a port. He met a ship's captain there, and he finally talked this guy. I mean, he didn't have any money. He didn't have anything. He traveled by faith for 200 miles and got to the sea, found a ship captain, and said, please, 
please, will you take me to Britain? Will you take me home? Eventually, he convinced the ship captain and the people on the ship to take him to Britain. They rolled into port, and while he was there, they weren't, it wasn't like where they pulled in wasn't an industrial area or really even civilization. They had to go through lots of forest and just turf and terrain to get into the city. And they had run out of food by this time. The rest were coming with them to go get food, but there wasn't any. And they were starting to starve, and they were getting faint from hunger. And they'd been at this for many, many miles, and 28 days or so. And so Patrick was praying. They were, he, he made a declaration, God, help us. We're starving. Please intervene. And during that time, God intervened. And they came across a herd of wild pigs. Well, let me tell you, none of the people on that ship were saved or, or Christians. They were good old ship guys. We're talking 5th century here, kids, 1,600 years ago. This was rough terrain. There were no public potties where they were at. This was like out in the woods stuff. This is true camping. This is true survivalist. And here, right after Patrick prays, they come across this herd of wild pigs. Well, they get themselves some pig. And can't you imagine? They have a big pig roast. And uh, it's probably not Kahlua pig, but they're pulling pork that night, okay? And they're just licking their hands with all the fat coming off those juices on a nice wood fire. I mean, are you getting hungry? Okay. And so I, it is pig. I'm sorry. But it was pig. I'm sorry. He's, he's, my brother over here, my Masonic brother over here, he's like, why did it have to be pigs? But, under, but we are no longer under the law. And they were starving, and so they came across it. These guys are then like, hey, this guy must know God. This guy just prayed, and this came along. We've been out here for 28 days looking, looking. We've had nothing. We're starving. We're faint. They started listening to Patrick. So believe me, the group that was with him were ready to tell their stories once they arrived. Well, eventually they did arrive. And, and they got to the town, and eventually Patrick got back to his home and with his family. And then, you know, there was a hoop de law and lots of fun. And they began to study. They began to study, or he began to study, and he became a priest. Okay? He became a priest. Now, I want to read you a quote from him. Uh, when, oh, oh, he became a priest. And then, and then, as he was doing his duties there in Britain, he had a vision. I can't forget this part. He had a vision. And in this vision, he saw a man. And in the vision, the man's name was Victor, Victoricus. And this man had a satchel, and he had letters in the satchel. And so he, in the vision, he handed Patrick a letter. And he opened the letter, and in the letterhead, and, and he was looking at it. And then the letter said, basically paraphrasing it, the people of Ireland are crying out 
And he began to hear the cries as if he was there. And he began to hear the cries of the people because the people in Ireland at that time were really heathens. That's where the pirates had come from. That's where he'd been enslaved. They were cult worshipers. They were, you know, pagan, pagans. They, they didn't know God. And he began to hear the cries of the people crying out in hopelessness. And the vision ended, and he knew God was sending him to Ireland. He was going back. So Patrick took off, and he went to Ireland as a missionary. As a missionary. And he went there, and so I want to read one of his quotes. He said, "Um, Never before did they know of God except to serve idols and unclean things. But now they have become the people of the Lord and are called children of God. God. Children of God. That's what happened after Patrick went there. He wasn't greeted with open arms, believe me. He got beat up. He got kicked out of places. They tried to kill him. They tried to run him out of town. But he stuck it out. And he preached against slavery. They didn't like that message. He preached against all of the things they were involved in, and he taught them about the love of God. And he had a testimony, and he got to tell them what had happened to him. And so God used him very mightily in Ireland. He was a Catholic, so there is a lot of Catholicism in Ireland, Uh, the Irish Catholics there. There are the Protestants. Over the years, there's been fights and wars and things that have gone on between the people groups there of Christianity and I'm not here to discuss that, but somewhere along the line, Patrick, he was also known as the Apostle to Ireland, like the Apostle Paul, the Apostles, and he he was an Apostle. Patrick became St. Patrick. How did that happen? This is what I want to tell you, the difference about being a saint. In the tradition that he was serving at the time in his Christianity and God was using him, they had a tradition of men to bring certain individuals that they felt were very holy, were just the holiest and righteous and do-gooders of Christians, and they would give them the title of sainthood, okay? And then in that tradition of men, because nowhere in the Bible do we find that practice. I'm going to read what the Bible has to say about it. This is what I wanted to find for you today. So this is a teaching word too. So you understand, and you understand what God's word is and what the traditions of men are. So you've heard of Saint this and Saint that, and um, I'm going to tell you in a moment some other things. But they sainted him. In some cases, you have to be, you know, you have to wait 50 years. Sometimes it's after you're dead, they give this title to someone. And then they would make little amulets and things that you could buy, and people will pray to the saints, these people that have been sainted, but my Bible, nowhere in my Bible does it tell me to pray to anybody like that. Jesus told us, when they went to Jesus and said, Jesus, how should we pray? 
tell us how to pray. He said, pray our Father. Pray our Father. Our Father. So, so anyone that comes from a tradition of Christianity that does that, I'm not putting it down, but I'm here to tell you the truth because I have to. And I want you to understand the truth about what the Bible says. Okay? Some people think that um, some of these saints uh, will keep, give you peace. Some of these saints will give you healing. No, I'm here to tell you Jesus gives the healing. Anything that Patrick did was through the Holy Spirit and Father God. It wasn't Patrick's ministry. It was God's. And God put the mantle on him like a scarf. Like if we had a, a scarf, he, he laid it on him. It's like a mantle came down from heaven. Pretend this is a scarf for those who are just listening to my voice. And he laid this mantle. And it's green, you know, for St. Patrick's Day. Upon. And Patrick wore it. It was his for the time. It was his through his obedience to go, to answer the call, to answer the vision, to give his whole life and his heart to God. At God's view, he was a man like you and you, mankind like me. Nothing special except for who we carry inside of us if we have asked God into our hearts. So one of the other famous quotes that St. Patrick had was, uh, you may have heard this, I'm sure you have, so I just want to read it for you. Christ beside me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ within me, Christ above me. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. And I can say amen to that. Patrick, I agree with you. I can say amen to that quote because it's the truth. Patrick preached the truth. Irregardless of what denomination or what his Christianity tradition was. So let's talk about this. One of the other things that he did, and I'm going to show you in a minute, is legend had... Oh, and so... March 17th, why March 17th? It was the day that he died. So actually, we're, <laughs> we're not celebrating the day he was born, unfortunately. I like to celebrate life. But anyway, it was marked by March 17th was the day that St. Patrick died, and they wanted to honor him somewhere along the line. It is tradition. This is a shamrock. We've talked about the elephant in the room, St. Patrick's Day on this Sunday. Another tradition, it is held by tradition, that St. Patrick used this shamrock, the shape of this three-leaf clover that I'm holding up before you that's sparkling here. He used the shape of that, which you find in Ireland. When Lonnie Lonnie and I went to Ireland to pray, we may have prayed at this point. I, I, I just found this information out this week. I haven't had a minute to look it up to see, did I go pray? Did I get to go pray where St. Patrick hit the land? Anywhere near where he was enslaved? Did we pray? Because while we were in Ireland, we prayed for those who were enslaved to religion. We prayed that God would break the barrier of religion 
and that they would find, the people of Ireland would find relationship. That they would not just know about God, but they would come to know God. They would not just know about Jesus, but they would come to know Jesus. They would not just know about the, 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 the information and knowledge of the Holy Spirit, but that they would be baptized in the Spirit with fire, according to Jesus. Oh, we prayed wherever our feet went. Pastor and I prayed this over the land. Today, this generation, there must be an awakening There must be children leaping in the wombs of their parents that come to know Christ, just like we heard earlier in the service today. An awakening must happen to the nations. An awakening must happen to this area that we live in. I loved what what my brother said. He said, this is our time. This is our time. You don't get another today. This is March 17th, 2019. This is our time. This, God's writing about what's happening today. This is our time. I don't want to waste it. I don't want to waste it. It doesn't mean I can't have fun because serving God is the most fun I've ever had in my life. But back to the topic, the shamrock that I'm holding up for you. Okay. With this word, I'm not advocating celebrating St. Patrick's Day, but it just happens to be on this Sunday. And we're going to talk about God and what it means to be a saint, where sainthood really comes from. But St. Patrick used the shamrock, and he used it to teach about the Trinity of God. You've heard about the Trinity. Some of you have heard Trinity. Some churches are named Trinity this, Trinity that. Trinity. Well, what in the world is that? We know that Trinity is tri. It means three. He used the shamrock to show the Father, uh, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I chose that pattern because it says that Jesus is seated at the right hand. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. But they're all connected. The shamrock shows us that they're all connected. It's one. This is a good analogy. It's a good, it, it's a good symbol for you to look at to explain the three in one. The three in one. God said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. It's not a separate God, a separate Son, and a separate Holy Spirit. They're one. They're one entity. They are three personalities. I will read a few scriptures about it in a moment, but I want you to get this picture depending on where the Holy Spirit goes with this word because he's going where he wants to go. I'm surrendering to that. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're all one. They are individual, like I, I like to use the term personalities, Persons, God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you get to know each one of their personalities intimately, intimately, intimately. But they are one. Okay? I want you to remember that. Thank you, Patrick. And I can call you Saint, but I will call you Saint Patrick in what I'm about to share. 
Are you a saint? Are you a saint? Well, somebody says, I'm a saint. Some of you might be going, who the heck, do, who does he think he is? Oh, maybe he's from the Catholic Church and we have a celebrity here with us this morning. I'm only saying that because we know that's where uh, sainting people comes from. But, um, and he is well familiar with that because I think his family um, are Catholics. <clears throat> he's come generationally from that. That's been part of his heritage. And so many of us have had that in our background. So, but I want to say, are you a saint? And we have an answer. Okay, I want to talk about sainthood. Let me get to my notes on that. I went to what the definition of a saint is, and I just want to read it to you. I just told you about St. Patrick. A saint is anyone who has been saved, and then they are set apart for holy use. It's that simple. A saint is anyone who has been saved and set apart for holy use. Hebrew 10.10 says, And by that we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So, believers have been sanctified by the atoning sacrifice of Jesus, Jesus Christ's blood, shed blood on the cross. And this is the only way that we are made a most holy thing. Kathy is not holy in Kathy. No matter all the good that I do, doesn't make me holy. Thank the Lord that all the bad that I do doesn't make me bad. This is a two-way street. The enemy's always beating you up about the things you don't do well and criticizing you. And you believe in that. I don't buy into that. It doesn't make me bad. Because why? Because I'm saved. And Jesus' blood has atoned for my sin. And as long as I'm repenting, I'm not getting on the naughty list. Do you hear me? I'm his child who said, Father, I messed up. I don't know why I didn't. I wasn't paying attention. I don't know. But I'm really sorry. I was ignoring you. Whatever the reason, I remain a saint. Amen? Do you understand that? I want you to wrap yourself around that because this is about talking about you. This is talking about you. It means you've been made holy. So, <clears throat> saint means to be set apart for holy use. It's to be a holy thing or a person made holy. Again, they are made holy only by Christ's death and shed blood. And that's exactly what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6.11, that we were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So without this washing, you are not holy. Okay? Without it, we are no more holy than uh, a cow is made a god through a Hindu belief. Okay? Cows are sacred in the Hindu religion. They're gods. 
But without the atoning blood of Jesus and our salvation in Christ and our receiving our relationship with him, relationship with him and learning about his great love. The word of God says there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Yet humanity is always just in its unsafe state ready to point a finger and condemn you. Talk about you, criticize you, judge you for something. But in Christ, he's not doing that. I want to paint a picture of who loves you and your Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians says, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. This is two people gathered, just like this meeting. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who are in every place, called upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. They were not dead when he called them saints. I call you saints today. I'm speaking to the saints here in Hartford, Vermont. I'm speaking to the saints gathered in this chapel, in this church. We are the church. Even if we didn't have a building, we would be forming the church. If it was nice and sunshiny outside and it wasn't cold and we were standing out under the full covering of the sky that God created to cover us and giving us clouds so we weren't too hot, I could say, this message is to you, the church of God, the saints gathered in this room. Can you answer the question God asked? Are you a saint? Well, you are either a saint or you ain't. Okay? You're a saint or you ain't. There's only two kinds of people. The ones that have received this love shed abroad for us on the cross, this redemption, this new life we got to start when we found and we became, came into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? My life was never the same. <clears throat> I was a broken vessel. I, I, I just ask anybody. I, w- I was not going to amount to anything. And that's not saying that I have amounted to anything, but I'm everything in Christ who lives in me. That's what he said. He said that he died for me and that I'm holy. And that he set my life apart for him to use it. That's what he said. And Father said, my only begotten son is coming to mankind. For God so loved the earth. Come on. Say it with me. For God so loved the earth. Yeah, say it louder. That he gave his only son. For God so loved the earth that he gave his only son. Come on, you've seen this at football. John three sixteen. That whosoever. He didn't see they, say they had to be holy. Because he says... Whoever, I used to be a whoever, and I came 
and I believed on him. And I met the man, Jesus. And I met him, and he touched my heart, and he healed me. And he, and he says, i got a lot of things to tell you about. <laughs> i got a lot of stuff to download in your life. And Father God, right here, the three-in-one, sent his son, Jesus, to be the Savior to humanity, that we could find our way back out of the darkness, and we could come in and live in the glorious light. And then when Jesus left the earth, he says, guess what? I'm leaving for now, but I'm coming back. But I don't worry about it because I'm sending the Holy Spirit. He's the comforter. He's going to be with you. He's going to help guide you. He, he, he's going to show you everything. Everything that the Holy Spirit does leads you to me and the Father. We're one, you see. We're one. You're going to get to meet this this personality of the Holy Spirit. And he's quite a character. The Holy Spirit is quite a character. He's got a side of humor. Oh, my, and seriousness. And love and comfort and peace and rest. And he is awesome. Okay. Colossians 1 and 2. Paul, an apostle of Christ, Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God the Father. Again, this wasn't just one instance. And then Jesus himself in the book of Revelations, Revelations 14, 12, Jesus himself said, here is a call of the endurance, for the endurance of the saints. Those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. So when you're reading the Bible and it's talking about the saints, I want you to know he's not talking about St. Patrick or St. John or this saint or that saint. He's talking about the saints. He's talking about you. He's talking about any believer who found Christ as their Savior and could be in the heavens. They're called, uh, there's a group up there called the Just Men Made Perfect. It's, it's not a men's club, ladies. It's, it's neither male nor female in Christ Jesus. That's what my Bible reads. But it's the club of the just mankind, men made perfect in Christ. Perfect in love. Perfect in holiness. Perfect in righteousness. Because of the blood shed and the love of God. I, I just want you to understand, when you hear about the blood, and it may sound weird, just the blood is love. Blood is spelled L-O-V-E. The blood of Jesus took love to produce. L-O-V-E. L-O-V-E. The blood of Jesus. Well, the Trinity, again, so you all know. Now, the only way you can't be a saint today is if you haven't asked Jesus the Son. The Bible tells us none can come to the Father, none can come to the Father except through the Son. If you want to come to the Father, you've got to come to the Son, Jesus, 
and just say a prayer. If you don't believe in God or you don't, you're not even sure or somebody's hurt you and religion is dead, I'm not talking about religion. I don't care about religion. Please don't call me religious. I won't get offended if you do, but I'm not religious. I'm a believer in relationship. The last thing I want to be is one of these pious religious type of people. And I want to love Jesus. I want to I want to talk about the love of God. I just want to be that to people. I want to love them. I I, I want to be like this. I want to understand what the Father is like. I want to be like Jesus, and I want to minister to them and comfort them like the Holy Spirit does us. Come on. It's that simple. I don't have to go through all that. I can just be that. I don't have to tell them all that. Till they ask me how, how I got the way I am right now. And then I can just tell them my story. And you've all got a story. So if you want to be a saint, that's all you have to do, is let God, Jesus, come into your heart. You can ask that. So you're a saint or you ain't, but you can ask him to come into your heart. If somebody is out there and you haven't been paying attention to God and you feel like you need to rededicate or realign or get in the center of the road or you've been off to the side of the road or you got off on a detour or something and you've wandered away or you went on a boat and the anchor got separated from your boat and you've been drifting, come on back in and focus. Focus on the one that loves you. Focus on the one you love. Amen? And his name is Jesus. So, in the story, some people don't agree with Trinity. They don't believe in the three-in-one. And I'm not going into that. But I want to talk to you about what the New Testament shows us in a perfect picture. The day that Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan, and he went down to that river, and we're all thinking about that. Come on, we live in Vermont. That ice is melting. We're thinking about tubing down the river. We're, we're, we're getting ready to go down, throw a fishing line in that river and do some fishing or whatever. Just go stare at it. I don't care what you do with the river. But we all love the rivers. And I love the river of God most. But on that day, we got to go when, when, when that group of us, we got to go on the first trip. We're going to have another trip to Israel, so start saving your pennies now. Get your jar out and start saving money to go. We went to the Jordan River and we all got baptized. We went to the Jordan, to the river. We actually drove by and pointed to where actually Jesus was, where, the, where they traditionally believed that he was baptized by John the Baptist. And on that day, there was John. And Jesus like said, it's my time. I'm getting baptized. It's my time now. Coming out of the woodwork. Coming out of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Going to the river, I'm going to get baptized today. Everybody's going to see it. The word's going to go out. Jesus got baptized. John's like, oh, my gosh, this is the day he's come. He tells Jesus, you're the one that should be baptizing me, not me baptizing you. I mean, 
Come on. He was humbled. She said, no, you're the one, John. My father had you come. You're going to be here. You're going to baptize me today. And when that happened, this three in one, father was watching from heaven. Jesus was on the ground, got into the water. John brought him down into the water and brought him up. Significance of repentance and changing his ways and leaving the old life behind and going into the new. And as all that happened, a dove flew in. Well, we know that some of the symbols for the Holy Spirit is a dove. We know there was a dove in the Noah story, don't we? They sent out the dove, the dove of peace. And the dove came and flew down at that moment. And Father was looking and Father spoke and said, This is my beloved son. There he is. They were all at the meeting. They were all at the baptism. We had Father speaking. We had Jesus getting baptized. And we had the Holy Spirit flying in and saying, whoa, check this out. I'm getting a prophetic aerial view of this story. How awesome is that? So you have a Bible story. Read about it in Matthew. It's a great story of when Jesus got baptized. You can read about it in your Bible. Check it out. Check it out. May, we, may the Word and the Spirit of God be sealed to us today. What a day we have had in the presence of God. I seek, Father, for you to understand that you are the saints of God. You have been set apart for a holy use. You are holy. You are righteous because he has saved you. He has cleansed you. He has sanctified you. Now, just give him your surrender. And that's what we're doing in this moment. Father, we say that all this has happened for so many of us here. If it hasn't happened for you and you're giving your heart to him right now, I speak to you. I speak to you. Just raise your hands. Raise your hands up to the God, the God of the universe who has everything in control. And let the Spirit come and soar over you. Let this be your moment. As we all come and surrender, we come and surrender, Lord. We come and surrender. We come with a new identity today. We understand now what sainthood is really all about. It isn't about all this other stuff. It's that you have made us righteous because of your great sacrifice of love for us. We come into surrender. Lord, we come into surrender to your will. You've set us apart to be used by you, God. We come and surrender. I surrender all. I surrender, Lord. Use me more in the places where I draw back. God, help, help me move forward in the places that I still want to hold on to as mine or my time. God, use me because this we heard in the spirit today as my brother earlier spoke. This is our time. This is our time. And we do not want to miss a minute. 
of the spectacular plans that you have for us. Father, touch us, help us go forth today that we may, we may bless people, that we may be ministering to people, that we may be loving people, that we can help people, we can serve people, we can feed people, we can visit people, we can love humanity like you do. And we give you all the glory, and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.